Machine guns are just cool. That's all there is to it. And there's a new book that talks about the assault rifles of the world. No, not assault weapons. These are the real deal. Assault rifles. That's what we're going to be talking about right now on Gun Talk. Welcome to Tom Gresham's Gun Talk, where a right is always a right, not a privilege. Hey, 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 glad that you could be with us. Hello again. Glad you could join us here on Gun Talk. I'm Tom Gresham. We're having a great Memorial Day weekend. If you have not thanked a veteran, by all means do so. If you know a veteran, go out of your way. Call him or her. Say hello I just want to thank you for what you did. Take a minute to remember those who are not here anymore, who did, in fact, sacrifice everything they have, everything they had, everything they ever will have, dying in the service of our country, your country. As I, I like that uh, thing that I got. It said, if you can read this, thank a teacher. If you're reading it in English, thank a veteran. Not bad. Not bad. I like that a lot, actually. Stop by the uh, local World War II memorial. It is actually about 20 feet from my front yard. I just walk across the street. It's literally straight across the street from my house. And it's for the folks in our in Louisiana. We don't have counties. We have parishes. The uh, service members in our parish who died in World War II with all their names in a bronze plaque. And recently... Uh, over the last few years, it's interesting, it has been, it had been neglected. And then some of us, completely unattached, not talking to each other, started fixing it up and going in on 4th of July, Memorial's Day, Veterans Day, and putting up flags around this memorial. Uh, and it was basically a, a concrete stand with a bronze plaque in it that had been kind of, kind of ignored. They had a, they had a flagpole in front of it with a radio flag that had gotten torn up. And then I guess maybe somebody noticed after a few years that we had been doing this, and I would see people drive up, stop, get out, put flags out around the memorial. And I would go over and put flags out at various times. And so the city came along and fixed it up, and it's very nice. It's a, a great reminder and a, a memory of those who died in World War II. Memorial Day is a great holiday. You get a day off. I would just encourage you to remember why you get a day off. Because somebody doesn't have any more days. That's what Memorial Day is all about. We're going to be talking about some interesting things today. Assault rifles. Yes, assault rifles. Don't get upset. I'm going to explain. And then we're going to catch up on what's going on. I told you last week about the Marriott Hotel chain and their policy of no guns in their hotels. Lots of twists and turns in that story. We'll be catching up on that one. We'll be talking about what's new in some optics, talk about some new guns coming out. Uh, also going to be talking about, well, uh, self-defense with guns is still the number one topic pretty much when anybody wants to talk about guns. I got a chance to spend some quality time with a couple of trainers this week, and you're going to be hearing more from them. We're going to bring them to you. But these are guys who go there, as they say, they go places that they're not supposed to. They're with units that don't exist, and they do things that will absolutely be denied. 
But you talk about good. You talk about somebody who can shoot and knows how to move and knows what to do. I mean, these guys who train all the time. We'll be, well, we'll bring you more about that as we go along. At this point, let me bring in somebody who I've had a chance to shoot with a number of times and shared some good times together. And he has one of the most interesting books just coming out right now. Gary Paul Johnston is a gun writer, author, uh, former law enforcement officer. Hey, Gary, how you doing, man? Tom, how are you? I'm doing well. Well, I'm doing great, and you got a brand new book out, right? Yeah, yeah. Hey, I want to just tell your uh, listeners real quick what a real, true gun guy you are. Not only a great American, and God bless our, our veterans, our, the, our people that didn't come home for giving up the rest of their days so we could have the rest of ours, but... Um, uh, yeah, we've spent some time, uh, one or two or, th- or two or three times at Gunsight, and uh, you are the real deal. You're not just a guy that sits at the radio and talks, but if they could see you behind a gun, they'd be as impressed as I've been. Don't, so. don't tell them that. I get to pretend that I'm just a radio dude who gets okay. to, you know, I mean, <laughs> I want everybody to think, oh, hey, he doesn't know what he's talking about. He just, he talks about guns on the radio. Nobody gets to see me shoot. You know that. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't want to go up against you in a competition. Believe me, I'd uh, well, come out looking bad. I appreciate that because uh, you, my friend, are truly the real deal. Lots of law enforcement background, lots of gun stuff, and then you. When did you get started? Interested in select fire, full auto, military assault rifles? Oh gosh, you know, I, I grew up on a little farm and on Winchesters and Colts back in the fifties, and. Uh, and then in 1963, I became a police officer. And in 1976, I formed my department's first SWAT team. And uh, I'd been interested in, uh, of course, modern rifles and, uh, and assault rifles and so forth before that from a tactical standpoint. And I really got into it at that time. Started, uh, I wrote my uh, first article, actually, for Guns and Ammo magazine in ni- 1976 as well. So oh, that, that's kind of starting was, at the top, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it sure is. <laughs> it really and, is. Um, you know, I, I, uh, I've had you know, over 1,700 articles published uh, as of now, uh, to date, and a couple of them aren't bad. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's just it's a, it's a constant learning process. People say, well, you know, you're an expert. I say, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not an expert. I was an expert when I was 20. <laughs> now, <laughs> now I realize everything I don't know. Yeah, and that's and, the truth. Uh, it is a true uh, if I don't learn something every day, uh, I didn't get out of bed. It's an interesting thing. I mean, and I don't. I have no idea what you did in school. Okay, I have no idea where you went or anything else. But I was having this conversation with my wife last night, and uh, there are going to be some people who identify with this. I got to share this with you because you're talking about we're always studying this stuff. And I said something about you know school, and I mean I made terrible grades in school. I made terrible grades in high school. I made terrible uh, I grades. I think we sat in next to each other. You know. And she says, and my wife says, I don't understand that because you are so studious. I mean, you study all the time. And I'm thinking, yeah, I really do. I mean, I probably spend three to six hours a day studying something. And, yeah. and yet, I don't know, maybe I just, there was nothing in school that interested me. I mean, I very clearly remember telling a number of teachers, I don't care. I don't care about your subject. I don't care that this is required. I don't care. Somehow yeah. they didn't respond well to that. I don't understand that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, I've always been interested in history and geography, and uh, but I learned more from collecting cartridges and yes. learning about rifles and the wars they fought in and the kings and the countries 
than I could have ever learned out of a history book in school. Okay, well, the new book is called The World's Assault Rifles, and for those who are suddenly getting twisted around their own axle, I'm going (laughs) to let you handle this thing. What's the difference between an assault rifle and an assault weapon? Well, an assault weapon is a uh, general term. It it uh, it usually is, it refers to an actual assault rifle. Some assault rifles, in fact, many are actually uh, would be uh, more correctly classed as carbines, such as our current U.S. Army M4A1 carbine. Uh, but a rifle is uh, a term that most most people can understand, where they may not understand what a carbine is. Well, what be, but basically, an assault rifle or assault carbine. Mm-hmm must be selective fire, capable yes. of full and semi-automatic fire, have a high-capacity magazine, be light in weight, rather, you know, a portable uh, unit, have a straight-line buttstock, and that uh, is characteristic of all our modern uh, assault rifles today. Have a, have a separate pistol grip is another uh, uh, thing that defines uh, an assault, a true assault rifle. And I, and I would and, throw out that the, the term assault weapon is a political construct that actually there's no device that meets, if they could come up with a definition, a definition of assault weapon. There is, in fact, though, something called an assault rifle, and you're describing yeah. it right now. Well, on 9-11, our airplanes became assault weapons, so that's yes. you're right. Yes. Uh, and last but not least, a true assault, a true assault rifle, must use an intermediate-sized cartridge, and that's something that's between a pistol cartridge and a full-size main battle cartridge. Give me an example of that. Well, the, the easiest example to relate to is our, our current 223, or the military designation 5.56 by 45 millimeter NATO. Or or the 7.62 by 39, which is 7.62-39, the... the Soviet M43 cartridge is another good example. And they all, uh, uh, the, the grandfather... Although, although not certainly not the first of its kind in the world, was the uh, World War II German 7.92 by 33 millimeter or, or 8 millimeter Kurtz cartridge. But now t- today there are probably uh, I'm going to take a stab at guessing uh, uh, in the history of the, the development of this this uh, uh, this device this cartridge probably 300 cartridges have come and gone or more. Probably more than that, actually. Gary, hold on just a second. We've got to take a quick break here with Celsius Soap. We'll come back. We're talking with Gary Paul Johnson. He is the author of the world's, a co-author of the world's assault rifles. Check it out. You can go to guntalk.com slash Tom's Picks, and you can see it right there. 866-825-5486. Are you a college student who's thought about a career in the outdoor media? Have you dreamed of writing for an outdoor magazine or seeing your face on a hunting or fishing TV show? If so, POMA, the Professional Outdoor Media Association, has a deal for you. The POMA Annual Conference is August 11th through the 14th and is one of the best networking opportunities for a college student interested in a career in the outdoor industry. POMA is waiving attendance fees, including meals, for the first 25 college students who register. Students are responsible for their own travel and lodging expenses. Don't let an opportunity like this pass you by. There are no strings attached. Just come and learn what it takes to make it in the outdoor media industry. For more information, visit POMA's website at professionaloutdoormedia.org. That's professionaloutdoormedia.org. 
What's a must-have for your self-defense handgun? It's Crimson Trace Laser Sights. Crimson Trace Laser Sights fit ergonomically with the handgun and are instinctively activated. When you grip the gun, the laser turns on. So good that 99% of customers would recommend Crimson Trace to family and friends. For more info, go to CrimsonTrace.com. That's CrimsonTrace.com. Taurus Millennium Pistols feature lightweight, ease of use, and reliability. Now add raw 45 caliber power to that with the incredible PT-145, a subcompact auto with a full 10-round magazine. The PT-145 has a manual safety, the Taurus security system, and a great price. Only 23 ounces. The polymer frame, double action, only PT-145 is the best value in a compact 45. And you can get it with night sights. Check out the PT-145 at TAURUSUSA.com. Visit galleryofguns.com today. At galleryofguns.com, you'll find our huge wholesale inventory of firearms on sale through 3,000-plus dealers nationwide. Choose from thousands of models from manufacturers like Glock, Ruger, Smith & Wesson, Springfield Armory, and Taurus, to name just a few. Not an auction site. You'll receive access to a huge wholesale inventory of firearms with exact pricing and all fees are included. Visit galleryofguns.com today. All right, we're back with you. We're talking with Gary Paul Johnston. He is the author, co-author, I guess, Gary, of uh, the, the new book, right? Correct, uh, Tom. Okay, the world's, uh, the world's Assault Rifles. You mentioned something. I want you to expand upon this for a second because a lot of people don't understand this. Uh, I think of you. I think of Gary James. I think of people who are literally historians through firearms. That's That's actually a – that's true, isn't it? That is. That's really true, and uh, and that is pretty much the medium uh, that that is the foundation of uh, what we learn as uh, as gun writers today. I mean, of course, I like all kinds of history, but uh, it, it usually involves the weapons and the ammunition and the tools that the uh, that they've used in these uh, conflicts. Now, is there information like that in this book? Uh, yes, there is. Yeah. The book actually, uh, well, just let me give you a rundown. It's, sure. uh, it covers 55 countries in the world today in 71 chapters in 1,228 pages and pr- probably somewhere around 2,000 photographs. I have to hire a 10-year-old kid to come and count them for me. But uh, And about, if, uh, I, if I remember, roughly 8 pounds? It's 9 pounds. It's 9 pounds. <laughs> yeah, it's 9 pounds. And uh, <laughs> I'm sorry about that. <laughs> I think we need to... Uh, hire somebody to carry around it, but uh, um, the book starts out w- with the beginning of the evolution of the assault rifle, and that happened in World War One, late World War One in most cases, where such uh, countries as uh, France and Italy and Germany and Russia and the U.S. began developing uh, something to thwart an assault or carry out an assault. A good example is our. Uh, Browning automatic rifle uh, developed by John Browning mm-hmm. uh, that his son uh, actually uh, used uh, or, or demonstrated during World War One. It didn't see hardly any service, but it came out of a need uh, realized now, in World War One. Okay, that, that's a BAR, but that's chambered for the thirty out six. Correct, which was the main battle cartridge at that time. Does that now, make it an assault rifle, or does it need to be a less than that, like an intermediate cartridge? Well, you know, not, to, to say that the BAR 
uh, isn't or wasn't an assault rifle is like saying that the Model T wasn't a Ford wasn't a car. Ah, uh-huh. it By today's standards, you know, it's uh, it's primitive. Right. Another development, of course, was the Pedersen device mm-hmm. that that used a, a higher powered thirty. 32 caliber, basically a pistol cartridge in a high capacity magazine in a Springfield Mark One, a Springfield 03 Mark One, uh, and that never saw service either. But it was the development of that and the the concept came out of a need that began in World War One. Let me ask you: Are there among people who study this? Is there consensus on what the best assault rifles being made or being used around the world are right now? Boy, that's a great way to start an argument. <laughs> well, no, you can't discuss this without having a drink in your hands. What you're saying? Okay. Yeah, boy, I'll tell you. Yeah, you know, uh, the um, really the, the the granddaddy of the modern assault rifle, and I I, I pass by the uh, the German uh, MP44 Sturmgewehr, which which uh, never mm-hmm. really saw a lot of service in Germany, but it was the it was the initiator. For the modern assault rifle, but the, the true assault rifle that changed the world was the uh, uh, AK-47. Yep, uh, clearly. And uh, and and that is still uh, developing and evolving. And you take some of the the things like the Israeli Galil uh, that evolved uh, mm-hmm. from that that rifle. Um, you know, it's like comparing a an old uh, time pocket watch and a, and a Rolex. Um, but that's and, where it came from. Me? But that's where the Galil came from. Now, let me ask you, the, exactly. 40, the AK-47, exactly. is that 1947? Uh, actually, uh, the, the first ones uh, were uh, appeared before that, but it was adopted officially in, in 1947. Okay, like the 30-06, there was a 30-03, and yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, yeah. that thing has been in production for 60 years? Uh, pretty, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Let me ask you a quick question. Well, first, let me tell people, this is if you have any interest in something like this, this is a fascinating book. I mean, it's a history book. It's a book about guns. It's a book about cartridges. It's an encyclopedia. Uh, it is uh, on Amazon, $56.20, I see. Or it's uh, basically retail is 70 bucks. Yeah. Uh, 69.95. It's available through a lot of places. You can get it off of my website. You can probably get it off of Gary's website. Give out a website for me, man. I do not have a website. Okay, you you send them uh, to Amazon then. All right, the, the book is. Where'd it go? We still have it. Okay. Him? Oh, there you yeah. go. Go ahead. The book is uh, the book is being handled by Ironside International Publishers, which is owned by Thomas B. Nelson, who wrote the uh, original volume uh, in 1967. Ah. And okay. Tom has written a great number. He's he's really the dean of military weapons. Uh, and uh, he should probably be uh, giving you this interview instead of... Uh, all right, all right, but i, I got to do this. Gary, we're going to run out of time. I can't let you go without letting people know about the coolest logo in the firearms business. Do you have a website for that? Uh, are you talking about my logo? Yes, sir. The one asterisk? That's, yes, that's handled now by uh, Novak Design. Okay, Novak Design. And yeah. it is the number one, number it's Wayne, one. Wayne Novak, Novak Sites. Okay. It's the, the number one, and then it is the punctuation mark and asterisk, right? Yeah, the number, the numeral one and an asterisk, and, and that was, uh, I, I developed it in 1987, copyrighted it to uh, basically to remind, remind the, the, uh, the people on my SWAT team to be careful because they have only one asterisk. 
There you go. And it's, a and it's subsequently been adopted by hundreds and hundreds of agencies and military units uh, you can worldwide. See, you so. can see it everywhere. Let me just tell you, I was in a gun store, a tactical gun store in Birmingham, Alabama recently, and they said, that's the coolest logo. If you have him contact us, we can sell all the hats and shirts with that logo on it that we could get in here. So <laughs> that, I'm telling you, people, if you haven't seen it, you got to go check it out. Uh, Wayne Novak's uh, website, Novak Sites. Uh, and then as soon as you see it, you're going to go, that is so cool. Yeah, so, it's available in the three color schemes, too, for, you know, coyote brown, tan, and uh, and uh, OD green and silver on black. Okay, if I could just uh, tell people that uh, if, they, if they want to order the book directly from uh, Ironside, that's the quickest way to get it. And sure. that's uh, 703-493-9120. Okay, give it out again. That's Ironside International Publishers, and that's 703-493-9120. Okay, I have 703-493-9120, and that'll get them. Yes. All right, and if you want to check out the uh, one asterisk, uh, go to Novak, it's N-O-V-A-K, sites, S-I-G-H-T-A, NovakSites.com, and you'll be able to track it down that way. What are you up to next, partner? Well, like uh, other than uh, chasing horses and mending fences, which is always a, a big chore uh, all summer long here in Colorado, I um, I, it's, I have to keep up with my my uh, monthly uh, responsibilities for a couple of magazines, and, and then I'm going to start a new book on on Devel, um, oh. and that is the the firearms company in Ohio that I happen to live very close to, luckily, and where most of the the modern features of the 1911 pistol came from, and a lot of people, very few, realize that. I but don't that, that, I tell you what. Back in the uh, late 70s and early 80s. I tell you what, when you get that thing progressing, let us know. We'll get you back on it. I got a scoot. Gary Paul okay. Johnson, thank you so much for joining us. Thank That's you, a, Tom. It's a, hope it's, to see you sooner. Hope to we'll, see you sooner than later. We'll do that. It's a great book. I'm not kidding, people. Uh, if you have any interest in this, the world's assault rifles is a super book. I highly recommend it. 866-TALK-GUNS, and we come back. What's going on with this thing with Marriott Hotels? And we are back, 866-825-5486. Gee, that's a lot of numbers. Why don't you just dial it this way? Just dial one Tom, that's me, Tom Talk Guns. That's one Tom Talk Guns. Line three, Rob's with us out of Sugarland, Texas. Hey, Rob, how you doing? I'm doing great. I really enjoy your show. I've got a quick question for you. I'm, I've been holding off buying a uh, assault-type weapon, I'm, you know, something that's a semi-automatic, and trying to understand what's the best for my needs and I, I look at it that i i got a place up in wyoming that i go up to and then i do some target shooting here mm-hmm. um and, and what would be your recommendation to purchase something that's in a, that that does the job but it's ammo wise uh basically reasonable to buy a lot of you sure. know cartridges and well, keep on the shelf Depending on what you want to do with it, when you say inexpensive, my thoughts go to a 22 rimfire. 
there are a couple of, or actually more than one, that, that several really nice lookalikes, if you will. Uh, Ruger has one that's based on the 1022, a proven action, shoots 22 rim fire, looks like a, an EBR, as we like to call them, an evil black rifle. Or, uh, <laughs> or uh, Smith & Wesson has uh, an, basically an AR-15 type that is 22 rim fire. So if you're thinking that what's just pure fun and inexpensive, I would get a 22 rimfire. Okay, uh, something in maybe a little larger caliber, something like if, a 223. Well, or if it's larger range. than that, then I'm going to go to a 223. Um, you know, because you can find ammo in bulk. It's becoming a lot more available now than it was a year and a half ago. So probably any, and I do mean any of the ARs out there, and I think there are about 6,000 companies making ARs these days. Uh, yeah, I noticed that. That's what's confusing for me. I don't know what's the best out of that, the most reliable uh, one out there. Okay, here's my thing. Pick a, purchase. pick a name brand company. Um, I, by that, I mean don't buy a parts gun. People say, well, I'll buy a receiver, and then I'll buy all the parts, and I'll put them together. Now, who are you going to blame if it doesn't work? Uh, no, I agree with that. Know. I I just I want something that's reliable, good quality. I've always bought good quality guns, and and I'm not that, afraid to spend it up front as okay. long as I get it. And that being the case, when I run a thousand rounds through it, I don't have to worry about repairing it. Yep, Ruger has the five five six. It's excellent. Uh, Smith and Wesson has real good ARs. They're called the M and P fifteens. Um, Stag makes good stuff. Colt, if you can get a Colt, it's hard to beat that since they were the first people to make them. Uh, but it's kind of like the uh, the other thing we were talking about earlier. You can start a fight in a bar among shooters if you just say, who makes the best AR, and just step out of the way and watch everybody go at it. Uh, well, that's kind of where I'm at. I, I sit there and do that just to try to get some heads up on what would be the most uh, reliable and the best and the popular and all that. Good stuff. And, and I never get a good good answer at the end well, of the day. The, re- the reason you're not going to get a good answer is because I can name six that are equally good. There's just no difference. It is, it's a commodity item. Now, some make them a little bit better than others, but if you're buying a brand name, you know, uh, it could be, uh, a Colt, a Smith and Wesson's, uh, Ruger's, um, Sig, I think, I think, who's got one? Sig's got them. Everybody's got them, you know. Okay. Uh, Rock River, yeah, 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 Bushmaster, DPMS. They're, they're identical. You can swap the parts out between them. Okay. So, I mean, they're, they're uh, all made to mill wise, uh, the, the ammos are, is, is ammo pretty decent amongst the uh, ammo builders, or is it some that buy, work buy better che- than others? Buy cheap. Just buy cheap. And the yeah. only, th- only thing is keep your AR lubed like crazy. We always say don't over-lube your gun. The AR is the one exception. If it's not getting you wet, it's not lubed enough. Listen, I've got to <laughs> scoot here because I've got a guest lined up. I've been needing to get on here. So, Rob, I appreciate your call. We talked last week about the Marriott Hotel and what happened at the NRA annual meetings in North Carolina and Charlotte. Um, let me bring in the, the fellow who broke this news. He's the first person to write about it on his column on the Examiner. He is the Charlotte Gun Examiner. Uh, Paul Valone is with us. Or actually, it's Valone. Hey, Paul, how you doing? Very good, Tom. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I might explain what Grassroots North Carolina is first so we can talk about this. Sure. Grassroots North Carolina is exactly what the name implies. We're a grassroots group of, a group of people, all volunteers, who are committed to defending our right to keep and bear arms. Primarily, we're a state-level organization in North Carolina. We do take uh, action on federal bills as well. Okay, and you were having an event uh, not at the NRA, but in conjunction with the NRA's annual meetings, right, while everybody was going to be in town. Yeah. 
Absolutely correct. About four blocks away, we had a gala for gun rights. We brought in national figures, Alan Gurr, who won the Heller versus D.C. lawsuit. Right. We had John Lott, Senator uh, Richard Burr, a bunch of nationally renowned figures, and um, for a fundraising uh, event for our election effort this November. And one of the criteria you used in picking the site was? That it not be posted against firearms. Because you need to explain, because uh, people have gotten confused on the Internet about, they say, well, you know, it's, the, it's not a big deal if they put a sign up, it's not a crime. And they're confused about their state, thinking that their state laws apply everywhere. What's yeah, the law in North Carolina? It depends on the state. Yeah. But uh, the bottom line is that in many states, like North Carolina, if the person in control of premises posts a sign prohibiting firearms, mm-hmm. you may be guilty uh, guilty of a crime if you uh, if you bring a firearm onto those premises. Okay. So, but Marriott didn't have any signs up, so all is good, right? So you have your event. How many people attend this event? Oh, we had uh, at that point about 160 people that uh, had okay. attended our dinner. So you got 160 and, uh, people, and some some of them uh, are licensed. Some of them clearly are carrying because you cleared it, and that's okay there. That is absolutely correct. That's perfectly legal. Except, um, and then during the event, um, I was advised by some of the people attending the event that Marriott had just posted signs against firearms after they took our money, after they started our event, after they had already booked hundreds, if not thousands, of NRA conventioneers in that hotel. Then they chose the time to post signs against firearms. So you're, you're literally in the event. Yes. When they put up the signs. You don't even know the signs are going up. They're nope. outside putting up signs while you're inside. That's and, correct. And the thing is, for people to understand clearly what we're talking about, when that happens, you are very technically committing a misdemeanor, at least, crime by having your firearm in a place that is posted. Including right into your into your hotel room. Into your Every hotel room. Portion of that hotel became a so-called gun-free zone, and any of the NRA conventioners who returned from the NRA dinner that night and went back to their hotel room became guilty of a crime. Just to go back to their room. Yes. Wow. Okay. Well, hold on a sec there. I got to take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll catch us up to what's happened because. Uh, Marriott said, oh, that's that's our policy, no guns. And they said, oh, no, that's not going to be our policy. And then it's been a mess. Uh, our number is 866-TALK-GUNS. We'll be right back. I've always been possessed to catch big ones. They make my heart beat faster. Sometimes what makes it exciting is just how powerful and how tireless a big fish is. But what I really like the best is seeing a great big fish in shallow water before you even throw your lure to it. Make versus country your country. Don't miss the best anglers and biggest fish beginning every Friday night at 8 Eastern. Hunt for big fish with Larry Dahlberg on Versus. What's that? It's my Trigicon. What's a Trigicon? Only the best rifle scope in the world. <laughs> Says who? Oh, how about the U.S. Marine Corps, Special Forces, Navy SEALs? You heard of these guys? Sure. Well, they're all using Trigicons. Let me see it. Wow, this is really sharp. And a lot of professional hunters are using Trigicon, too. You probably caught it on some TV and radio shows. Yeah, I have heard some of them swear by their Trigicon. I swear by it. You know, I could have been a Navy SEAL. Well, the closest you're going to get now is buying a Trigicon. Hey. Trigicon is the brand of rifle scopes that more and more hunters are swearing by. That's because every Trigicon is handcrafted using the finest optic materials. The bright aiming point can guarantee you a great hunt from dawn to dusk. 
Get your Trijicon at a dealer near you or visit them on the web at Trijicon.com. That's T-R-I-J-I-C-O-N.com. Trijicon. Brilliant aiming solutions. Built for them, built for you is more than a slogan. 70% of the small arms used by the U.S. military carry the FN brand. They've been driving firearms innovation for more than 150 years. The same precision is designed into FNH USA's line of handguns, tactical shotguns, long-range precision rifles, tactical systems, carbines, ammunition, and accessories. Built for them, built for you. Check out the FNH USA line or find a dealer near you at FNHUSA.com. All right, back with you. Just our one Tom Talk guns to get with us here. We're talking with Paul Vallone, who broke the news about the Marriott Hotel posting their hotel premises in Charlotte, North Carolina, while the NRA show was going on, while there are people in an event in the Marriott who clearly are carrying guns legally, but once they put up signs, it becomes illegally. Paul, if you would, allow me to do a real quick fast forward because I need to get us to where we are today. Uh, I talked to Marriott. You talked to Marriott. Uh, you wrote about it in your examiner column a zillion people, I'm talking tens of thousands of people, wrote Marriott as I did. I'm a Marriott Rewards member, frequent stayer, if you will, and said, you know, guys, you know, what's going on? They issued a statement that said, it is Marriott's official policy that guns are not allowed. Our guests are not allowed to bring guns on their on our premises, period. That's what they said first, right? Paul, you there? Okay, we got him up? Uh, Paul, there we go. I'm okay. sorry, I couldn't hear you. Okay. They claimed that uh, they were just trying to comply with local laws, but of course this is not local law. Nah. Nothing in law says you have to post a rest or a hotel. Right. Um, they tried to claim that uh, it was because alcohol was served inside restaurants in the hotel. The Attorney General of North Carolina, too, confirms that that is false. Okay, so they, you know, they made all these statements, and then at that point I did what a lot of people did. I notified them and said, okay, this is the deal. I stay at hotels more than 100 nights a year. You're off the list, and nobody from my company will be allowed to stay at a Marriott, period. Thank you, sir. Uh, as did a lot of other people. Now, after that, they came back with another statement, and they came to you with that, right? Well, they did, in fact. They told one of our board members, Keith Thomas, one of their spokesmen, told one of our board members that signs had already been removed from the Charlotte Marriott and would be removed from other Marriott hotels nationwide. At which point we all get, okay, that's smart. That's a good responsible uh, response to the whole thing. But take us to what happened next. Apparently that was disinformation. They lied to us. None of those signs had come down, and at this point, Marriott is simply stonewalling. I guess they thought that uh, if they got the word out, signs were coming down on the many gun forums across the country where this is uh, becoming an active topic. They thought that maybe they could fool people. Well, nothing is further from the truth. I will tell you what I told a highly placed person in the communications department at Marriott. I said, look, let me explain this to you. I've been down this road for 20-odd years. I've done it with Blockbuster Video. I've done it with a number of companies who all did the same thing and thought. I, I said, I can tell you what's going on. I said, you don't have to say a word. Here's what's going on in the background. You've got somebody in risk management who is saying we have to do this. You have somebody saying it's not a big deal. Because, you know, that's got to be only one, two percent 
of our guest, and it's, you know, they'll make a little bit of noise, and then it'll all go away. I said, let me explain to you. There's a gun in 45% of the homes in the United States. I said, not only that, we don't give up, and we don't quit. And you're not making it safer. You say you're making doing this for safety. You're making it less safe. And all the data is out there, and all the records are out there over the last several decades. I said, and I'm just telling you, I said, you don't have to acknowledge any of this on the phone to me at all. But I am telling you, if you guys don't come off of this, you're going to suffer, and you're going to suffer a lot. And he goes, oh, wow, yeah, okay. So I'm sure this is the same conversation you were having with him. Very true, and it's a conversation we, too, have had with other uh, corporations where we've uh, fought uh, this sort of policy using our Don't Buy project. So, yes, uh, you're spot on. That's exactly what they're saying. And I don't think they realize the extent to which, uh, as you noted, their customer base overlaps our supporter base. Well, I have people yes. telling me they're uh, cutting up their rewards platinum elite cards, okay? Um, they're best customers. And a matter of fact, a lot of the information we've got in terms of contact information for corporate executives has been from their Marriott Rewards Elite, Platinum Elite customers. Let me ask you a quickie, because my wife asked something that was a really good question. She says, okay, that's great, but if you switch to another hotel, uh, how do you know what their gun policy is? Well, for instance, I did actually make a phone call to Hilton International okay. and confirmed that uh, Hilton Hotels does not have a corporate policy for posting against firearms in their hotels. So they've gone Starbucks, which is intelligent. Yeah, they, they appear to have taken the, uh, the, as you say, the intelligent uh, road. Exactly right. Okay. Now, did I hear right that somebody contacted Hilton, one of these platinum-level Marriott guys, and said, I have all these points. Will you take my points? I have heard that. I have not been able to confirm that at this point okay. in time. I don't know if it's true. Just, but look, if you're a platinum level and you got a gazillion points there, mm-hmm. you don't want to give them up for Marriott. Con, you know, I don't know what will happen there. All right, so this is where we are. Marriott won't respond anymore, right? Uh, so far, that's true. Now we're asking, we've gone one more level. Uh, I guess on our little hierarchy. Um, at this point, we are asking the world's largest distributor of gun parts and accessories, Brownells, to help lead in this effort. I had a very pleasant conversation with Pete Brownell, who, of course, was elected to the NRA Board of Directors on the same weekend in Charlotte when all of these NRA members may, were made inadvertent criminals by Marriott. And what we're asking Pete to do, and what he's looking at doing right now, is taking his 2011 um, gunsmithing career fair and moving it out of the Marriott for which it is scheduled in Des Moines, Iowa. Right. I actually had a long conversation with Pete yesterday. Pete's a, a long-time personal friend, family friend, and uh, can fill in some of the blanks on that one, too. Let me do this. We're we'll under the break right here, Paul. We're, uh, we'll pick this up on the back side. We're talking with Paul Vallone. He is the Charlotte, writes the Charlotte Gun Examiner, Gun Rights Examiner column on examiner.com and broke this story and has pretty much been running with this thing. Lots of interesting things going on. And for those of us who have been around a long time, we're just kind of going, yep, here we go again. Another company that doesn't get it, but more than likely will eventually when it impacts the bottom line. When they feel the heat, they see the light. And 
Again, we're talking with Paul Vallone. He is the writer. His column is called the Chicago, the uh, Charlotte Gun Rights Examiner. To find out what he's talking about, all you have to do to find it, really, maybe the easiest way, is to do a Google search for Charlotte Gun Rights, Charlotte Gun Rights, and that will get you there. Paul, let me um, jump in right now because I know you're talking about uh, Pete Brownell. And I want to, I just want to say this. We in our world, our firearms world, we don't pressure each other to do things. We, we can inform and we can, you know, basically make people aware, but we don't pressure each other to go do something. I know the Brownells, I know they will look at this carefully and they're going to decide what's best. Sometimes things are best. And one of the things I find is that sometimes things are best done on the backside, if you have well, without access, a doubt, the pressure needs to be kept on Marriott. That's where the yes, problem lies. Yes, I just I want to make that clear to everyone. Yes. We don't we don't pressure and abuse our friends in this. We just let them know what's going on. Uh, and here's the uh, thing. I guess where is this right now with Marriott? I mean, what are we? What is the goal? What are you trying to get Marriott to do right now? Well, essentially, what I think, uh, what people think would be reasonable, first off, would be to remove the no firearm signs from their hotels. Okay. so that they're not making inadvertent criminals of people. Right. And second of all, they should, uh, uh, I think, uh, issue an apology to the many NRA members that they made inadvertent criminals. And um, let me give you a, an even easier way to find uh, both this and other um, gun rights examiner topics, because we've got about 20-some-odd people writing gun, oh, nothing okay. but gun rights. Okay. Go to examiner.com slash gun rights, one word gun rights examiner.com slash gun rights and you'll find a wealth of information okay i'm typing in examiner.com slash gun rights and you know what i found a wealth of information <laughs> <laughs> you're right it's all there and so you get uh access to all the gun rights examiner uh writers david quadria david workman uh they you know on and on. You got and some on. fine guys writing uh, writing nothing but gun rights. They will give you the latest accurate information on what is happening in terms yep. of preserving your rights. Yeah, w- without a doubt. Um, you know, and the thing I try to explain to people is, look, I'm not mad at Marriott. I'm not even surprised. It's a little irritating and disappointing, but I view this as an educational opportunity. Well, I, I regard it this way. We are looking for an opportunity to welcome Marriott back to the ranks of responsible corporate citizenship. That works for me. And in the meantime, and the only way, as I say, the only way that corporations make any decisions is on the basis of profits. There is no, there is nothing else. It's not like there, that's number one and there's a number two. There is no number two. Profits are all there is. Sales is the only thing that happens. Business is the only thing that happens. So that being the case, and I'm not going to call for a national boycott. Other people are doing that. I'm just going to say, if you have a view on this, you probably want to let Marriott know. And if you have a choice of where you're going to stay and you choose to stay somewhere else, you might want to let Marriott know that too. Because I always tell people, if you go to, if you won't go into a business because they have a no gun sign, when you go to their competitor, it's not a bad idea to fax the copy of the receipt to the offending party to say, this is how much money you lost today because of this. Exactly right. Part of the key is not just where you spend your money, but whether or not they know it. And to that effect, if you go to examiner.com slash gun rights, all my articles 
have all of the contact information for their vice presidential level and higher uh, people. We've got that, a phone number that goes into Bill Marriott's office. That'll work. Hey, Paul, appreciate what you're doing. Appreciate you letting us know what's going on. If you would, keep us posted, partner. Thank you, sir. Appreciate the opportunity. All right. You take care. Paul Vallone, uh, check out what he's doing. He broke the, uh, the story on this. It's just the latest in a whole string of companies that have screwed up like this. And it's our job simply to do a, if you will, a re-education program with them. It's in their best interest as well as ours. We'll be right back. Mm-hmm.